validating yourself is important because you need to be able to say to yourself how I feel, the way I'm thinking about a situation. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to think this way. It's okay I'm upset about this situation. I'm Lindsay. I'm here to teach you proven strategies to be your own therapist that will take you from anxious to relieved. I'm here to help you feel lighter and hopeful while building a life full of meaning. I'm a licensed anxiety therapist running a successful private practice in New York City. So from someone that gives therapy and has been in therapy, I'm here to help you use the formula that moved me forward through serious anxiety in my own life. So follow along as I share what works and what doesn't. This is Unlock Your Therapy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unlock Your Therapy podcast. I'm joining you from Queens, New York. It is a gloomy day here, but I'll take it after the 100 degree weather we had for like over a week. I'm here with my dog, King, who is chewing a bone next to me. I apologize if you can hear his lovely noises he is making right now. So jumping into the podcast today, I have a great lineup for you. First, we're going to start, as always, with high and low of my week, just to warm up, talk a little bit about my life, share what's going well and what's going a little less well. Then anxiety, where we get into a hot topic regarding mental health, something going on in the media, new research, new information I want to share with all of you. So today is a very controversial topic among therapists, the topic of these large companies, I'll name names later, getting into the therapy business via text therapy, hiring lots of therapists for brief therapy at a very cheap cost. So we're going to dive into that topic because I keep hearing so much about that. The next topic after that we're diving into is skill of the week. And today we're talking about validation. What is validation? Why you need to validate yourself and others to have healthy relationships. Then after that, we're segueing over to the action item of the week where I'm going to give you the follow-up punchline to your assignment last week as I did not share what the point of your assignment was. Today, we're going to get into that. Okay, high and low. So my high, I guess I'll start with the high, is we went up to Minnewaska State Park. For those that don't know, is in the Catskills in the Hudson Valley of New York near New Paltz. And I'm from that area. I'm originally from Wappingers Falls, New York. And it's so nice whenever I get to go back upstate. And we went hiking and swimming up there in Minnewaska. The park itself gets really crowded, like the main park. But there's another part of it across the street, kind of, down the road, that gets a lot less crowded And even on this like really hot 90-something degree day, we went on a beautiful Sunday. 
And there was nobody there. And it was just so beautiful. There's all these swimming holes there. Carson went in the water. I brought Everett swimming for the first time. And Dan helped Carson catch a frog and look at all these critters and bugs. And Carson just loves all of that. And it was just a beautiful time. It can feel a little bit like a traveling circus, bringing a five-month-old baby and all of the things he needs and a three-year-old with all of the things that he needs and trekking through the woods, hiking and swimming. But it was well worth it. I'm always glad that we did it at the end of the day, and we just had a beautiful time up there. The low of my week, I would say it's not one specific low, but it's really feeling pulled in so many different directions. I'm sure so many women out there can relate, especially if you're a mom. In the summer, there's this lack of schedule. Lack of childcare, which is my number one issue, while trying to work from home, trying to run two businesses, while having Carson here and the baby here. I do have a babysitter, but she only comes a few hours, three to four days a week. Um, and during the summer, there's been several weeks where she wasn't available. So it's been just tough piecing together all the childcare. Whenever I do have childcare, I've had to bring Carson to his allergist appointment, which was like a three-hour appointment, to the dentist. He has a checkup tomorrow. You know, so it's just filled with errands and things for the kids mostly. And it's not allowing me to get the level of work done that I want. Like I really just want to sit in my home office with nobody else in my house and be able to work for like six hours straight in silence, but that's just not going to happen until September. So I'm trying to use the skill of acceptance to accept my circumstances as they are and not just accept them, but to really appreciate them because I'm really glad that Carson gets a break from school. Um, When I say school, I mean daycare. But he goes to 3K in September. He was really getting tired of going to school every day and would ask me if he could stay home, ask if he could stay with me and Everett and his Everett's babysitter. And he just didn't really want to go towards the end at all. So he's been much happier not going, getting a nice break. I mean, he's only three. So I am happy for that. I'm so happy to spend time with Everett, seeing him grow up. He's not in daycare every day. It's been really nice and enjoyable. And Carson's at a fun age, although since turning three, he's been a little bit of a handful of, uh, you know, exploring uh, his opposition and being him on his own self. He's fiercely independent and he's been a little mean lately and exploring that. So. You know, we've been having ups and downs together at home, but overall, I'm happy to be home with them. Dan's working for summer school, so he's at work all day. So we're making it happen. It's just a little, you know, feeling pulled in lots of directions. So that's my low. Today on anxiety, let's get into it. I want to talk about Talkspace and BetterHelp. I think there's other ones out there as well. But for those that don't know, these are the big companies. I'm sure you've seen the commercials with Michael Phelps and um, I can't think of her name right now. 
but a lot of celebrities are doing commercials for them, which I think is good in that they're spreading the word about mental health. These two companies are big. They have a lot of money for marketing and they're getting the word out there that therapy is normal, normalizing mental health, normalizing just getting support for stress as prevention. So I appreciate even though it's just their marketing dollars to grow their big companies. I'm happy about that. I think overall, they are doing a good job at destigmatizing mental health and getting support for yourself. I hear tons of ads for them on podcasts I listen to. And I think the overall messaging of those ads isn't bad. So I'm very happy for that. So I'm a little bit of devil's advocate when it comes to them. A lot of therapists are not a fan of them, and I'm not either because they don't pay therapists that well. Um, overall, I mean, they pay you well if you have like a lot of clients, you fill up your schedule. They do offer some packages that if you have a certain number of clients, you do get paid pretty well. But I think the whole texting, they offer a lot of texting support, phone therapy. You can do video if you want to, but you don't have to. I think there's a real positive to that in that if you have anxiety or social anxiety, Hearing that they have phone therapy or text therapy and you don't have to be on video, it can really help people get their foot in the door with therapy and not be forced to do something they're really uncomfortable doing. Like not just uncomfortable, but have like a severe anxiety around, which might be preventing them from getting any kind of mental health care at all. So I think if it helps people get the help they need, I'm all for it. However, I think in the long run, that might enable people with anxiety or social anxiety to continue to not engage with people face-to-face, even on video is better than phone or texting. Also, texting therapy, they offer just texting therapy, which I'm not a fan of. I think it can really blur boundaries. It makes you feel like the person's not a professional, like you're talking to a friend I think that's already a hard boundary to keep in therapy without having a solely texting relationship with your client or your therapist. So I think it can get blurry. I know why they exist, these big companies, because I think the wave of the future is going to be this concierge medicine where you pay a subscription rate a month. And you get unlimited services like they offer. You pay like 40 bucks a week. You get unlimited text therapy with a a professional therapist, a licensed therapist. So I see the pros to that because health insurance, even if you have really good health insurance, I think my, I don't know what my mental health copay is, but I think when I last went to therapy, which was a while ago, it was like $50 a session and I had really good health insurance. So even if you have good health insurance, $50 for your copay and you're going to therapy once a week, that's $200 a month. A lot of therapists don't take insurance because as a therapist, it's really problematic to take insurance. There's so many things insurance companies do to therapists. They pay them only a certain amount of what they say. They pay you several months later. They dictate therapy. You have to ask approval and share possible notes or diagnoses of your clients with them to justify getting more sessions. There's a lot of reasons therapists don't take insurance. 
And I didn't take insurance for a long time in my group practice that I own for that reason. And there's so many issues with taking insurance as a therapist. So I can see why a lot of therapists don't take any insurance, but they charge a lot of money because there's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of things behind the scenes for therapists, but it makes it unaffordable for many people. So I do understand why BetterHelp and Talkspace exist. It's an affordable option for people. I think health insurance has a lot of holes in it for mental health and healthcare in general. So I see the pros and cons to to both for these companies. It's kind of like thought of though as like the McDonald's of therapy. (laughs) Not that the people who work there aren't great, but it's just that it's like a quick fix seeming like a Band-Aid approach, a easy option that's not maybe as deep as getting a therapist and doing a lot of deeper work. Not that it can't be done. It just has that perception among therapists. Let me know what you think, though. If you have experience with BetterHelp or Talkspace, um, one of my husband's friends was using one of them and had a good experience. So I definitely think it's better than not getting help. And I personally haven't worked for either company, so I don't know. And I haven't used either one for therapy for myself. So if you have, share your experience with me. I would love to hear because I hear a lot of strong feelings in both directions. So just wanted to touch on that topic. Send me a DM on Instagram or you can email me, lindsay at unlockyourtherapy.com. I created something brand new, the No More People Pleasing mini course. I help women to stop people pleasing and put themselves first without the guilt. What would life look like if you could stop asking your partner to order food for you in a restaurant or ask your boss for that raise you're long overdue for? I'm gonna teach you four proven strategies, research proven strategies, that's gonna bring you from people pleasing and passive to empowered and confident. You're gonna use my outline, my scripts, my beautifully designed PDFs, to get the exact skills you need to become more assertive in your life. I'm going to teach you four skills through my videos and worksheets that's going to bring you to a place of confidence and being assertive in your life. You're going to get my beautifully designed self-esteem daily journal to print out, my practice assignments to start changing your mindset and your behaviors. If you sign up now before I launch, you can get it for $29. That's the lowest it will ever be. And I'm giving everyone who signs up now a bonus gift. So go to at Unlock Your Therapy on Instagram, click the link in my bio to get on the list. Next up on the podcast today is Skill of the Week. Skill of the Week today. So I'm actually going to be covering interpersonal skills. So what what the heck does that mean, Lindsay? Interpersonal skills is skills that you use in relationships with other humans. That's all it means. Inter is between two people. Intra would be like inner skills for yourself, like working inward. So interpersonal skills is just how can you improve communication with other people, improve relationships be assertive, get your needs met in an effective way. So this is a topic I've struggled with and why I enjoy teaching it so much, I think, obviously. (laughs) 
So I was always very quiet in school. I was very, I still am passive, not very outspoken. I don't like confrontation. I don't like having heated arguments with people. It really bothers me. I don't like not being liked by people. These are all things I still feel, but I've done a lot of work on being assertive, telling someone what I think, not letting someone just say whatever they think without me responding to that and saying what's on my mind, really weeding out friendships that no longer serve me, that are very one-sided. I've done a good job at really distancing myself from those kinds of friendships, relationships, and saying more of what's on my mind. So in this department, I've done a lot of work. And I think what helped me gain assertiveness and more confidence and self-esteem, which comes from that, is being a social worker and having to present at meetings, take on different roles. When I got a promotion at my job at the VA, I had a larger role there. I had to do lots of presentations to people I felt were very high up in the hospital and the organization. And it gave me a lot of anxiety, like I probably have PTSD from it. But it did push me out of my comfort zone and it made me have to talk. It made me have to share my opinions. And that started in a much smaller way where we would just be at staff meetings when I was 22 in my first social work job. And I'd have to talk about a case in front of other people or just share about a situation going on. I would have to talk in school meetings for the kids I was working with, with the parents and advocate for my kid I was working with. So I had to start speaking up. And it was easier for me to speak up about other people, right? I was talking about someone else, advocating for someone else. But that translated into just being more confident in what I have to say, feeling like, you know, after 13 years of doing this, now I feel I am an expert in a lot of these areas and I know what I'm talking about. So it's easier to have a voice and to share and to speak up and advocate. So that translated into my personal life of I teach people these skills. So I have to use them in my personal life. It's still not easy. I still hold back a bit of not I need to process before I can just share how I feel about something someone said to me, but I'm trying harder to think in that moment and like share right in that moment of like, that's not okay to say, um, that's not acceptable to me. So that's still work I'm doing, but that's why I love so much teaching this because I was always the quiet person in class, the quiet person in school. I didn't have like a a billion friends. I had a handful of friends that I was very close to, but I wasn't this outgoing, bubbly personality. And I'm still not really. (laughs) So that relates to today's topic. So that's just a background of why I'm doing this whole series on interpersonal assertiveness skills. It goes hand in hand with my assertiveness mini course that I'm launching in August, the No More People Pleasing mini course which you've heard about now. You can get on my interest list on my Instagram right now. Just go to Unlock Your Therapy on Instagram. Click the link in my bio. Get on the list. It's the lowest price it'll ever be before I launch. You get a really good gift with it. So anyway, the skill of the week is validation. So validation is pretty much synonymous with acceptance. 
So validation is really important to validate yourself and how you're feeling and thinking, as well as learning how to validate other people. Both are equally important. Validating yourself is important because you need to be able to say to yourself, how I feel, the way I'm thinking about a situation, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to think this way. It's okay I'm upset about this situation. Instead of you know, that more negative narration that might say, what are you so upset about for? Why are you so upset about this? Just get over it. It's not a big deal. Um, Why are you stressed out about something? Instead, just kind of reflecting back to yourself. Oh, I'm feeling very stressed out. That's understandable given what's going on. It's okay. I feel anxious. My anxiety is visiting me right now. No judgment. I understand that's what's happening for me right now. That's okay. So you're just really reflecting back to yourself how you're feeling and just telling yourself, it's okay, I feel this way. You're not arguing with yourself or resisting it. And it doesn't mean you like it, right? I think a lot of people get hung up on, if I accept it, that means I'm just like laying down and letting it happen to me. I'm not trying to change it. I'm feeling, I'm just like allowing it and being okay that I'm this way, even though it doesn't feel good to be this way. No, acceptance means that you're just recognizing something for the way it is right now, and you can make changes later on. But first, we have to accept something to be able to change it at all, right? And when we validate ourselves, we're just practicing being kind to ourselves. If a friend calls you and tells you a problem they have and how they feel, you're not going to right away be like, oh, you need to do X, Y, Z and stop feeling that way. No, you're going to say, of course you're upset about it. It's okay to be upset. That's a normal reaction. This is a normal situation. It's okay to feel how you're feeling. Then later in the conversation, when they calm down, they're not as upset, maybe then you can come up with a solution or a next step, right? But first you need to validate what's happening. And we need to do that for ourselves first. Next is validation of other people people. So this works really well for relationships, romantic relationships, friendships. Even if you don't agree with the person, if you validate them, you will de-escalate the situation immediately. So first of all, you just need to know that you have to validate the other person without sarcasm or judgment. That doesn't count, right? So validating someone else simply looks like Let's say, for example, they're saying, oh, I'm so mad at you. You came home two hours after you said you were going to come home and I was waiting for you and you didn't text me or answer me back. And then you just came home later without even telling me or being considerate at all. Okay. So instead of like reacting and flipping out back towards the person or whatever the situation, you would just say to that person, oh, okay, I see you're really angry your feelings are hurt because I came home two hours after I said I would. I didn't let you know. I didn't call you or text you to give you a heads up about that. I understand you're really angry because I got home two hours later. Do you see how that might just like take the air out of the fire, so to speak? If you would hear that back and like, oh, okay, yes, they do understand I'm angry and they understand why. They're not judging me or mocking me or being sarcastic or nasty. They're simply just reflecting how I feel, why I feel this way, and the situation. 
It doesn't mean they agree with the situation. Like maybe they had to come home two hours late because they got caught up at work and they didn't have their phone on them or their phone broke or it died and they were stuck in traffic or whatever the case. It doesn't matter why. You're simply just reflecting how that person feels, why they feel that way. Then later, after you kind of de-escalate the situation, you show them that you understand, you care how they feel, then you can go into explanation, talking it through, sharing your point of view with the person. But really, if you can reflect that back to each other, validate each other, it's going to help communication 100%. It'll really go the opposite direction if you start to do that. And at first, maybe they'll be taken aback. Like if they're not used to that happening, they might be like, are you being sarcastic, right? Are you, is this a joke? Like, yes, I'm telling you I'm mad. Like, why are you repeating what I'm saying, <laughs> right? But it, it really works. And it doesn't mean you, and it, this could be for any kind of argument, right? It doesn't mean you agree with the other person. It just means you're understanding how they feel and why they feel that way. And if people can do that for each other, I think people who disagree on even the biggest topics can really communicate and discuss without emotion. It takes that emotion out of it. And it's just simply, you feel XYZ because of ABC. I got it. I understand. I understand your point of view. And that creates empathy. If you can understand the other person's angry because of their perception of the situation, oh, of course you feel angry because you're seeing it that way or because you got stuck home with the kids and I was out. I get it. Then that's going to be much different. It's going to go much differently. So that is the skill of the week. Practicing that is always helpful. And let me know how it goes, either validating yourself, it's it's harder than it sounds, or validating someone else. If you practice that this week and you have thoughts about it or suggestions on how people could use it or tweak it, let me know. Send me an email, DM me on Instagram. I want to hear how these skills are working for people. And if they have other suggestions and, you know, I just want to hear how things are going for people. Lastly today, action item of the week. Action item of the week. So last week I gave you an assignment that went hand in hand with mindfulness So the assignment last week was to get a sheet of paper and to write down your thoughts for, I forgot how many minutes, but a few minutes, fill up a page with all of your thoughts, just like stream of consciousness thoughts. So you just share like what's on your mind, what you're thinking about, and just to write it all down and without like filtering yourself, just writing it all down. So I didn't share why you were doing that assignment. So if you did that assignment, pull out your sheet of paper or your notepad on your phone, but pen and paper is best for all these little homework assignments I give to you. So I want you today to read through that stream of consciousness thoughts. And what you're going to do is you're going to get a pen or a highlighter or something. And for every sentence you write down or every thought, I want you to mark it with a P the letter P as in Peter, if it's a thought about the past. So if it's a thought like, oh, last night that dinner was so good we ate, or oh, yesterday's meeting went horribly, 
right? If it's any thought about the past, anything before the moment you're in is the past. Oh, this morning, I really enjoyed breakfast, right? That's the past. Mark it with a P. If it's a sentence about the future, like, oh, later today, I got to go to the grocery store. Mark it with an F, as in Frank. Circle the sentence, mark it with an F. And if it's a thought about the present moment, like, oh, my air conditioner is really cold right now on my face. Oh, I'm really hungry right now. Oh, I have an itch on my foot, right? Whatever. (laughs) This exercise is so dumb, right? (laughs) Whatever. That's about the present moment. Mark it with a star. And I just want you to look at your sheet of paper and just notice how many P's you have, how many F's you have, and how many stars you have. And this is not judgment. It's just to bring your attention to how many thoughts we have that are about the past, how many thoughts we have that are about the future, and how many thoughts we have that are about the present moment. And it just really shows us how much time we're spending thinking of the past, the future, or the present moment. And this is in a small, benign way, but it really does just give us some information about, can we have more thoughts about the present moments? Because that's the moment we are literally in. But our mind spends so much time wandering to the future, what we have to do next, and wandering backwards to the past and to what's already happened. And, you know, there's a quote that thoughts about the past often lead to feeling depressed. Thoughts about the future often lead to anxiety. So thoughts about the present moment are the most helpful and grounding because it's really the moment we're in and it's focused on what we're dealing with and coping with in this moment. So it's really helpful to try to keep your thoughts in the present moment as much as possible. So that's just the, you know, takeaway from that exercise. If you didn't do it, you can, but it's kind of better to do it before you know why you're doing it. But it's just a little information. It might bring your awareness to it a little more. So that is just a follow-up action item. I hope you all have a fabulous week. And I will talk to you in the next episode.